am going to jump on this thing and we're going to go through it. Again, we're talking about some foundational teaching. We've been putting together a foundational series. We've talked about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about the baptism and laying on of hands. And we talked about uh, uh, putting everything under the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ. We've talked about the authority of the Word. We talked about the Spirit, the soul, and the body. And tonight it's going to be a special treat. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. A lot of times we'll talk about the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll talk all about the Father. We'll talk all about the Son, but we don't want to mention the Holy Spirit. Or Holy Spirit's not welcome. The Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. And I want us to begin to look at the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to explain why Jesus explained the Holy Spirit to his disciples. We're going to talk a little bit about the account of the Pentecost. We're going to see some different functions of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about tongues, the interpretation. We're going to talk about intercession. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to all do this in 28 minutes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> He said, signs, wonders, and miracles, and tonight will be a miracle. Amen? Oh, man. Acts chapter 1. Let's get on this thing. If you're going to get on your horse, let's ride this thing. Amen? Acts chapter 1. Let's just look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. D.L. Moody said, it is easier for man to breathe without air than it is for a Christian to live without the Holy Spirit. Nothing happens between God and man that doesn't happen by the Spirit of God. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's more than just a one-time experience. We're going to look at a little bit of this tonight. It's an ongoing lifestyle that is living in the Spirit. Paul said that we need to be set our minds on the things of the Spirit, and we'll be led by the Spirit. But if you set your minds on things of the flesh, guess what you're going to get? The things of the flesh. So we need to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, you can see the Spirit of God came upon certain individuals. And you can read through the Scriptures, and you can see where, where men like Gideon and Samson and, and Saul and David and Elijah, man, when Elijah ran and he ran ahead of the chariots, the Holy Spirit came upon him and gave him supernatural ability. The Spirit of God came upon these men, and they had supernatural ability. Say supernatural. I mean, they took the natural and the spirit and the super to it, and God made it supernatural. And that's what we begin to see. So we, we need to note that the, the, in the Old Testament, the Spirit was not available to everyone, but certain ones, just a few chosen vessels, the Spirit would then come upon them and do supernatural things. How many of you know Samson did some supernatural things? Amen? And he didn't do it just by his own might. He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 21, um, don't turn there. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to set you up. Go ahead and turn to John 14, and you can get ahead of me real quick. John 14, I want to look at verses 16 through 20. But in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 21, we read about the prophecy of Joel. And it says this was a promise that God was going to pour out his spirit on who? All flesh, say all flesh. He was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters would prophesy. The young and old, servants alike, handmaidens, the prophetic would begin to really come to the forefront, and this would begin to happen. Peter said in Acts 2.39 that, that this promise is for you 
and for your children and all of those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. So if you're calling Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the power of the Holy Spirit is available to you. It's no longer as the Spirit is only for a select group like it was in the Old Testament, but it tells us in the New Testament that it was given to all those that believe. Say, I believe. I hope you believe. If you you don't, we can change that tonight. But Jesus explained the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 20, Jesus says, let me give you just a little position here. Jesus is going to leave the earth. And he was explaining things to his disciples. And he said, I will not leave you alone. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He spoke of the Holy Spirit as being a comforter and and that he would abide with us forever. He said that the Spirit would dwell in them and and they would be in the Spirit. Amen? So we began to see, and in chapter 16, you know, Jesus really, it was... was um, expedient for him to say, I got to go so I can who? Send you somebody else. Who's he going to send? The comforter, the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to go so you can, you can see, uh, the Holy Spirit will come. And he began to depart. So John, let's real quick, let's read John chapter 14. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. Whatever version you got, just follow along with me. Verse 16, John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. You look this in, in the Greek, it means a counselor. It means a comforter, that he may be with you just in times of need, just when you want it, just only when you're doing good. Come on, he'll be with you when? Forever. He said, that is the spirit of truth with whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, look at this, abides with you and will be in you. After a while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. And in the day you will know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and I am in you. So we can begin to see Jesus explain the Spirit, the Spirit of God, that he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you. Let's take a look at the account of the Pentecost real quick. In Acts chapter 2, flip over there to Acts chapter 2. I've got mine marked, so I'm, I'm getting ahead of you guys. Acts chapter 2, we talk about the day of Pentecost. When Pentecost, verse 1 says, when Pentecost had come, they were all in one accord. They were all in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Jesus had spoken the soon and coming, talked about the soon and coming Holy Spirit. And now we begin to see that God had this day appointed for the Spirit of God not to just be on a selected few, but to be on all those that believe. So we begin to see this. From this time forward, the Spirit was here to empower, to comfort, and teach. Say that. Empower, 
comfort, and teach. We read where he was to teach us all things. He's the counselor. He's going to empower us. We're going to look at that in just a minute. He, those that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can receive the Spirit of God and, and, and begin to speak forth the oracles of God through that. John fourteen twenty six said, said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring you all these things to remembrance to you. In other words, the things that Jesus spoke would bring to a remembrance. I want us to look at this scripture real quick. There's three things that, three manifestations that you're going to begin to see from the Holy Spirit here. I, I kind of helped you out a little bit. I highlighted them because you're going to begin to see this. Can you go back, please? Can you go back? I want to look at the manifestations before I look at the, 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 at the functions. We see that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came, the Comforter, he came like what? A noise like a rushing wind. So you see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this case was a noise like a rushing wind. Another manifestation of it was what? Tongues of fire that sat upon themselves. Are you with me? So that that sat upon them. They rested on each one of them. Tongues of fire. Okay, now there is another manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it says what? They began to speak in other tongues, in other tongues. So they began to speak something differently that they didn't speak normally. And you can begin to look at it, and, and there were people from a lot of different uh, countries there, and they spoke other languages that they'd never spoke before. Okay? So they begin to have an understanding of that. So we begin to see there was manifestations of the Spirit, the spi- a manifestation of the Spirit is you may speak in another tongue. You may speak in another language. Now let's take a look at the three functions of the Holy Spirit. Now we're ready to go. Acts chapter 1, just flip right over to verse 8, and let's look at that real quick. Because there's three functions in the very Scripture that I started off reading with you. There's three functions that I want us to begin to see in this passage of Scripture. He says, but you will receive power when the Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. In, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, it's going to start here at your own hometown and spread out. Are you with me? We're not going to start in Africa. We're going to start in Woodward. Come on, somebody. We're going to start here, and we're going to begin to spread out. But if you look at these different functions of the Holy Spirit, first of all, he says, when you, you'll receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. So the Spirit of God can come on you, and what do you get? Come on, somebody. According to this scripture, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is for it to come upon you, and you will receive what? And then after you receive power, he says, not only are you going to receive this power, but now you're going to go out and be my, all right, everybody. Have you been witnessing to anybody? Or are you too afraid to say anything? Well, you know, I better not say nothing at work. There's separation of church at state. Say what? not in your workplace. You can talk to them about Christ. I mean, well, not at school. Yes, there's laws that kids can talk about Christ at school. They can hand out tracts. Come on. What happens is the enemy doesn't want us to know the rules, so we're playing by what we think are the rules and what somebody said was wrong instead of saying, show me that. I can show you laws where students can go pass out tracts and they can witness in school. Come on. 
So he says, the Spirit of God comes on you, and you receive power, and then you go witness. See, what happens is there's some people trying to witness, and they're just flipping tracks in their face and saying, get out of my face. Maybe they haven't prayed to God about the person before they talk to the person about God. See what I'm getting at? There might be some reasons for it. Anyways, I I don't want to get off track here, but I wanted you to see the witnesses. We need to be witnesses for Christ. Let the Spirit of God come upon us, and let's gain that power and be witnesses for Christ. And you can look back and you see Peter wasn't the same person before the upper room. Come on. You can look at the Scriptures. Those of you that know the Bible, he denied Christ how many times? That wasn't the same guy, I believe, that came out of that upper room that was laying on hands and walking by people, and they were being healed because he was filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, I ought to get an amen on that one. Okay, I, I want to get into tongues real quick. Tongues is one of the most controversial subjects of the day. I am going where no man likes to go, especially in the religious circles. A lot of questions arise such as this. Are tongues for today, or have they passed away? Don't answer it. If I, if I speak in tongues, is it just the gift of tongues that's in operation, or can I have a private prayer language with God? Another question that they might have say, do you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Spirit of God? I mean, the Holy Spirit is not tongues, nor is tongues the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of that. They do go hand in hand. When you receive Christ, you receive the Spirit of God within you. And the Spirit of God can come up and you can begin to bubble out and you'll speak in a tongue. Once you've received the Holy Spirit, you have received the ability to speak in tongues. To pray in what the Bible also, if you'll look at the Greek and you'll study it out, when he talks about praying in the Spirit, it's the same thing as speaking in tongues. The Spirit. Look it up. And he says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. So let's, let's just look at a couple scriptures real quick. In 1 Corinthians 14 is one of the most controversial passages of scripture that you'll find. It's instructing people about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul makes the function of tongues a private prayer clear also in this passage of scripture. So I want to give some, some of these scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He says, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. See, a lot of times we've taken this scripture, and I was taught, oh, no, tongues is not for today, and also it is, you should prophesy. Prophecy is more important than tongues. That's not what he was after in this scripture. He was saying prophecy was important, but he said, if you pray in a congregation in a tongue, then have an interpretation. What he was really saying is you want to understand. Read through it, chapter 14. He says, if you, if you want to understand what's being said, if I had Mario come up and speak in Spanish, all of us would go, huh? Well, some of us wouldn't, but they'd go, what did he say? See what I'm getting at? But he wants interpretation. It wasn't that prophecy was more important than tongues. He was saying that you should understand what's being said. But he talked about tongues in a corporate setting and the gift of tongues, and he also talked about tongues being a private language. And this is a scripture that you can look at. It says, a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? 
for no one understands, but it is his spirit that speaks the mysteries. The scripture tells us that there's mysteries laid up for the righteous, for us. For us that know Christ, there are mysteries for us. It shouldn't be a mystery to us. It should only be a mystery for those that don't know Christ. See? So look, here's another scripture, even 14, 14, 4, the first part of that verse. He says, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, let me just break this down. I was told, don't edify yourself. That's what I was told. And maybe some of you were told the same thing. But you look back at that word in the Greek, edify means to what? Build up. I'm telling you, I need to be built up. I'm not talking about a pride issue here. But how many times you got to get you got to get built up? I can do this. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. I am blessed going in and blessed going out. How many? You got to build yourself up. That's why Paul, even him, said, said, encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Build yourself up in the Lord. I was like, well, you don't want to be a higher than God. I wasn't talking about being higher than God. He says, if you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. You begin to build yourself up. And I'm just going to give you a gloss on this. I've got a deep teaching where we went into 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and took it line by line, item uh, scripture by scripture, and broke it down for you because he talks about the tongues and interpretation as a gift, and then he also talks about it being in a private prayer language, okay? So he, look at verse 14, 14. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. In other words, I can speak in tongues, I can pray in tongues, and I don't want my mind in it. See, if my mind gets in it, what happens? My mind can doubt it. My mind has unbelief. Are you with me? My mind can doubt it and go, I don't really think healing is for today. I don't really think that if you lay hands, and and I don't know as if you pray and God even moves. You got your mind in that thing. So he says, it's your spirit that prays, but your mind is unfruitful. Let's take a real quick look at intercession. I want to look at intercession real quick. I'm I'm kind of on a track here. Once a person has received the Holy Spirit and he begins to pray in tongues regularly, there can be another step, a deeper step called intercession. You can begin to step in a different way. When When a person begins to pray on behalf of others, that's what intercession literally means, praying on behalf of others. It's an important thing. Intercessors, you guys, you intercessors that are here, thank you for praying for the Senate situation. Thank you for praying for the bills that are being passed, godly godly laws being set in place. I want to thank you for that. You're praying on behalf of another person. You, you have that gift of intercession. So, you know, the Bible calls it with groanings and unctions that come forth. So, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about that gift of intercession that operates. Let's turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I want us to just to look at this. See, because you can only go so far in English. There's been times where I've prayed in English and prayed for 45 minutes, and that's about as far as I could go. I mean, I asked God to bless Mama and Daddy and the cat and the dog, and you know what I mean? I prayed for Aunt and Uncle Lucille, and you know what I mean? You do that, and you're like, um, um, um. Um, who else do I pray for? Pray for your neighbor. I already did. Um, pray for your sister. I already did. 
You know what I mean? We go so far. We go, we go so far in English. That's, that's about as far as we can go. But why does Paul say pray without ceasing? Having an attitude of prayer. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20 says to build yourself up in your most holy faith. In other words, he takes faith and goes to another step, and he says, how do you build yourself up in your most holy faith? By praying in the Spirit. By praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. So every time you look and you see praying in the Spirit, look it up and you'll begin to see it. Intercession is important. Romans 8.26 says this, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Listen, you know what? Your jealousy, your bitterness, your twistedness sometimes, however you want to say it, our carnal self can get in the way of praying. So we don't know how to pray as we should with the right motives. Are you with me? Anybody ever prayed with the wrong motive? This is confession time. Yeah, every single one of us has prayed probably with the wrong, wrong motive. He says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us, there it is, with groanings too deep for words. And he, the Spirit, searches the hearts and knows the mind of, the, of what the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You want the will of God? And I've had people say, you can't pray in the Spirit. You, you don't know what God's will is. Well, when I'm praying in the Spirit, according to Romans 8.27, I'm praying the perfect will of God. Are you with me? I can't doubt it. I can't unbelieve it. I can't even speak against it because when I'm praying in the Spirit, my spirit is connecting with God. Are you with me? There's a connection that's taking place, and it is, do I want what the Spirit's praying? Absolutely. Will it be a blessing? I mean, and it could be for somebody in Africa. It could be somebody fixing to fall off a horse or a snake to, 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 to frighten a horse and protection to be on somebody else. I don't know what it, what it, what it is, and I don't have to know. But I do want what it is because it is the perfect will of God. It's praying the will of God. Let me move forward. Let's get into the gifts of the Spirit real quickly. In Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, Paul lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the purposes of these gifts are to profit the body of Christ. Not just in this fellowship tonight that we're in. But when you go to work, when you're at the grocery store, when you're at the ball game, come on, somebody, these gifts are for that time, and, and not, just, not just in this building. You know, we, we got to realize the church, those that, those that believe Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're brothers and sisters in the, in the church. They're part of the church. They're part of the body of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit divides the gifts and gives it to every man as he wills. Verses 4 through 6 says there are different gifts, listen, different administrations and, and, and of the gifts. In other words, your gift may be different than Wayne's. It may be the same gift, but it may administer differently. I like to watch people flow prophetically because some of them flow this way prophetically, and some of them can operate even through a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, but we'll get into some of that stuff real quick. It's different operations of the gifts you understand that there's different operations of the gifts, but it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit, but there's different operations of the gifts. The nine gifts that are listed, they can be put into three different categories, say three categories. The three categories mean that the three gifts, there's three that say something. There's three gifts that do something. 
And there's three gifts, we're going to look at them real quick, that reveal something. There's three that say something, there's three that do something, and there's three that reveal something. Let's look at those real quick. There's gifts of utterance. In the gifts of utterance, they say something. And this, these are three of the nine gifts. Prophecy is one that is a gift of utterance. Various kinds of tongues, speaking in tongues for corporate body, bringing forth a word in tongues, and then you have the interpretation of that, and the body is built up. Are you with me? So we can see that. We know that that is an utterance gift. The other one is, is the interpretation of tongues. So you've got tongues and interpretation, and then you've also got prophecy. And they, they say something. Okay, let's look at the three that do something. The three that do something. There's the gift of faith. Say gift of faith. Faith is a gift. Yes, you can operate in a, a small measure of faith. Jesus told his disciples, they said, um, when, he, when he told Peter, what did he tell him when, when he said, Satan is asking to sift you? What did he tell him? He didn't tell him to bind him. We can bind, because it says, Matthew, that we can bind and we lose. He didn't tell him to bind him, but what he said, he said, I'm going to pray that your faith will not fail you. Because Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You are saved by what? By faith. Through God's grace, you're saved by faith. See, we're saved by faith, lest nobody and nobody can boast. So we can see that there is a gift of faith, and he wants us to take this gift of faith. I had somebody one time said, when you, when you put this building, when you guys captured this building and got this building, that was a gift of faith. And I never thought about it. I never thought about it. In other words, I had faith that when we stepped out, that God was going to put the, <laughs> the walkway underneath us. Are you with us? I had faith, and when we stepped out to build it, that I knew what God was wanting to do. I had a word from the Lord, and I just had to walk by faith. It was by faith that Peter stepped out of the boat when he said, tell me to come, Jesus. And what could Jesus say? He said, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come. Jesus couldn't say, um, uh, Pete, uh, you can't walk on water. He didn't tell him that because he said, if it be you, Lord, tell me to come. All the Lord could do was, come on, Pete. And Pete stepped out by faith. I believe that was a gift of faith working in Peter that he stepped out and walked by faith. So we see the gifts of power. We see the gift of faith. How about working of miracles? There's working miracles. Miracles are for today. I would love to have the news. If, you could, if we could network all the churches across the United States and see where people were healed, delivered, set free, and put that on the news, you talk about faith rising. <laughs> I mean, things would begin to happen. I'm telling you, a revolution would break out, amen? A revival would break out in, in no uncertain terms. But they don't want you to get that. They don't want you to begin to start believing things, you know. Then you would not need the government or not need them. Are you with me? So we've, we see the gift of faith. We also see working of miracles. How about the gift of healing? There's gifts of healing that, you know, we, we had the little Johnny come out of his wheelchair. Wayne used the gift of healing was on Wayne. Wayne prayed for him, and he got up and he walked right here, right? That's a gift of healing. So we need to utilize that. So they, those gifts do something. Now, the, there's, there's one more, and it reveals something, or three more, and that's Revelation. It, they get revelation. They come forth with revelation. So we understand and we realize that when, when word of knowledge is a revelatory gift, we call it word of knowledge. What do you mean a knowledge? When you're talking to somebody and the Spirit of God will come on and tell you that their heart is broken because their father 
just walked out. That's a word of knowledge. You didn't know that. It came from the Spirit of God. It didn't come from no psychic. Psychics are not godly, period. God is not going to use a psychic. He'll use the prophetic. The psychic gift is actually a prophetic gift that the enemy has distorted and captured it, and he's using it. If you want to go even deeper, the psychic gift actually goes all the way back. I don't know if you guys will understand this or not. There were two trees in the middle of the garden. There was the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Psychics operate from the knowledge of good and evil because it's distorted. Prophets operate from the tree of life because the tree of life is Jesus. Are you with me? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is the bread of life. See what I'm getting at? So, so the prophetic flows that in that stream, and the psychic flows in the other because it's distorted. Anyways, that's just a little. We went a little deeper there. I didn't mean to go so deep on you. I'll get back to the surface fishing. Okay? Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, hey, discerning of spirits. So out of those nine gifts, those three gifts are revelatory gifts. They reveal something. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning spirits. Now, how, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? How do you, how, let's just take a look at that real quick. The Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a gift. You don't, you're not good enough to get it like salvation. You receive it by faith. You're not good enough to get it. You know what I mean? You ask by faith to receive the Spirit of God. Then the Holy Spirit makes you good. Luke 11, 11 and 13. See, God's not going to give you something bad. And that's what some people think. Well, if I come up and you lay hands on me and I receive the Spirit of God, I'm going to receive something that is bad. Let's look at the Scripture. Luke 11, 11 through 13. Let me just read it. You don't turn there, but you write it down so you can look it up later. Now, suppose one of you, just Jesus talking to me, he says, suppose one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. Will he not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? No. Dads are not. If you ask for a fish, you're not going to give him a, steak in, a, a snake instead of that. Or if he asks for an egg, he says, will you give him a scorpion, will he? No. A dad's not going to do that. He might, could, could kill the son. He's not going to do that. He says, then if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts for your children, how much more will your father, your heavenly father, listen, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I, you know, I don't know what some people do with those scriptures. I tell you what they do. They just rip them out. <laughs> say, I don't want to deal with that one. But he says he'll give you the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, if you ask. So once you ask for the Holy Spirit by faith, you receive him by faith. And things begin to bubble up. And they begin to overflow. And all of a sudden you start praying in an unknown language, a language that I'd never prayed before. I didn't know what it said. I didn't know what it meant. But man, when it happened to me, I was, I was higher than any drug could take me. And some of you have experienced this. And some of you have received it by faith and hadn't gotten high. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, you know what I mean. Those of you that have experienced it, you know what I mean. And you're like, man, this is, this is really cool stuff. 
what we've got to do is we've got to get our spirit. We talked about our spirit, soul, and body. We've got to get our spirit sensitive to the things of God. We've got to get our spirit sensitive to God's spirit and let the spirit inside of us come forth. Is there. The Bible says out of the innermost being flows rivers of living water. Whew. Wow. And that's the Holy Spirit within us that wants to come forth. People say, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you get to. I get to. The enemy knows Spanish. He knows German. He knows French. He knows Italian. He definitely knows English. But he doesn't know when you pray in the Spirit. He does not understand it. It is not his language. He can't discern it. He doesn't have the revelatory gift of discernment to discern it. It's a perfect language between you and God. Your spirit communicating with God's spirit. Oh, man. What happens is you have an outward manifestation of the infilling of the spirit of God. And it comes up and it bubbles out. I remember Francisco, he's not here tonight, but I remember he's speaking Spanish. Remember we prayed and laid hands, and some of you, he started praying in tongues, and I was thinking, is that Spanish or is that tongues? I had to have an interpreter just to make sure that I knew it wasn't Spanish. You know what I mean? I remember putting the mic up, and it was just flowing forth because he received it by faith. Tongues will become a valuable tool to you when you worship the Lord. Edifying, building yourself up. Look, we need to build each other up. You need to be built up. I mean, the world, everything you watch puts you down, doesn't it? You turn on the TV, and they'll put you down. They'll tell you how lousy you are, how you're no good, how you're too fat. I mean, you got to lose weight here. You're not tall enough. You don't look good here. Get some Rogaine, dye your hair. I mean, your teeth don't look right. I mean, you can watch TV and think, man, I'm a wreck. Hello? I mean, they got all sorts of stuff. You need to try for this and try for that. But what about those side effects? You know, we've got liver problems. And if you've got high blood pressure, don't take it. If you've got, you know, if you're breathing or you've got blood flowing through your veins, be careful of the, uh, you know. I mean, you can just go through the whole thing. And you're thinking, man, you know. And there's times where, you know, God will use medicine to equalize your body and allow the body to do what it's supposed to do. But, you know, I'm just, I'm for the body to be 100% what God wants it to be. I know we live in a fallen world. But I mean, speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit will help you worship God. It'll build you up. It'll build yourself up. You'll intercede on behalf of others. Things will begin to happen. The manifestation of tongues is just part of a Christian life. Acts 8.17. Did she put that up yet? Put up Acts 8.17. I had one time somebody say, well, that's just got to come upon me. The Spirit of God can come upon you. I've talked to people in their truck driving, hauling rock, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God come in and they start shundai, kudamaha, satana. They start praying in the Spirit, and, and it just comes upon him. It happens that way. But in, in the book, in, 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 the, in the Bible, the apostles laid hands on them, and they received something. They received it. They began. Peter, this is talking about Peter. Peter, Peter laid hands, and they began... Praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. They received the Holy Spirit. And this was, look, this was after they had been water baptized. If you read the Scripture beforehand, they had already been water baptized. He said, what, what kind of baptism you got? He said, I got the baptism of John. I baptized by water. He said, you had, <laughs> he said what about the Spirit? What was one of them said, what about the Holy Spirit? We didn't know there was a Spirit, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 
You know, it's like, hey, we can lay hands on and you'll receive by faith. You got to ask God for that gift. So I guess I'm asking you tonight. If you begin to start thinking about some things, I mean, have you received the Spirit of God since you believed? Have you received the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Well, maybe you haven't. Well, what's hindering you from doing that? Look, I can just share with you my experience. I did not know there was a Holy Spirit. I did not know there was a baptism in the Holy Spirit. I just knew there was a water baptism. Until I started studying out the scriptures of praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecy, and I began to start looking at it, and the, and the Spirit of God began to teach me. And I know there was a, there was a little pamphlet. This is, how I, this is how I did it. There was a little pamphlet, and it was written by Kenneth Hagin. I didn't know who Kenneth Hagin is, was. And I read this deal. And he said, this is a gift. And if you'll ask. And I had some coaching. In other words, they said, just, just ask. Just ask God and receive it by faith. And I was like, same way I'm saved? Yeah, by faith. We're saved by faith. So I was in my bedroom in North Carolina. And I remember taking that book and I read it. And I got my Bible out and I read the scriptures. And I was like, God. There's something else out there. I want it all. I don't want just a little bit. I don't want to just walk in the water up to my ankles or knee deep. I want the whole deal. I want, I guess you could say, the whole enchilada. <laughs> Some of you, you know, like, give me the whole thing, you know. Ate the whole thing. And I prayed and I said, God, I want this Holy Spirit thing. I don't know what to call it. I said, I want this Holy Spirit. And it says right here, I can ask and I'll receive it. And I just remember praying and lifting my hands and my head up to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, there was something started coming out of my mouth. I, it was freaky. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those of you know what I'm talking about? I was thinking it was really weird stuff. I'm like, this is really weird. And it just kept coming. It kept coming. It kept flowing. It kept flowing. And tears began to come into my eyes. And I'm going, why am I crying? You know what I mean? And I closed my eyes and almost fell backwards, you know? And, I mean, I was walking around in my bedroom drunk. I was drunk with no alcohol, brother. Do you know what I'm talking about? You've been there. I was drunk with no alcohol. And I was thinking, this is cool, you know. And I just began to, to pray. And what it is, it's a private prayer language. When I pray in the Spirit, it's going to be different than Sarah. It may not sound the same as Nita. Terry's is going to be different than mine. I've been around some people that were Chinese. You should hear them praying the Spirit. I'm not making light of this. I mean, I'm not, God's, I'm not joking at God. I'm not goofing on God here, all right? But, I mean, it's, it just it comes out in, you know, a natural language. I mean, you know, and I'm thinking Spanish is the same way. But it's not going to be something that you can interpret, but the Spirit of God interprets it. Amen. So I'm going to ask you tonight, will you guys just stand up a minute? I know I didn't quite make the 30 minutes. You know, it'd be like I'm closing for the third or fourth time. Well, no miracles tonight. Here, so The gift of miracles is going to have to wait. But I'm just going to ask Bill to play something. Just, I want to ask you, you know what? Some of you have received this gift. You've asked the Lord for it, and you've just used it once. And it might have been when we laid hands on you and you just prayed in the Holy Ghost and then that was it.
But I'm going to ask you, if it's something that, that you want, that, and, and you truly got to want it, you know, because you're going to receive it by faith, and you're going to begin to let the Spirit of God come up, then there's a, there's, 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 I'll pray with you. I mean, I had to go through a cleansing prayer. I mean, I asked forgiveness. I mean, there was some issues that I was dealing with. There was some things going on in my life, and I got it right before the Lord. So if that's, if that's you tonight, I, you know, look, when I got saved... It was one of those slobber knocker kind of deals. It didn't matter who was there. The Spirit of God was on me, and I didn't didn't matter whether I was walking an aisle or I actually ran the aisle, but, you know, it was one of those deals. I was in a Pentecostal church. I'd never even been to church in a Pentecostal church. I didn't even know what it was. The last few times I had been to church, I was out siphoning gas out of people's car while y'all was in here worshiping, you know, and, and, and I, the Spirit of God hit me, and I came forward. And, I mean, I ran, and, and, and I was weeping, and the Spirit of God hit me. Some of you need to just think about your salvation experience. We, have, we Americans, we have a tendency to forget. It's amazing how somebody can bomb our country. And two months after that, we're all going to church, and we're all wearing red, white, and blue. And three, four years, five years, six years, seven years later, we're, we're upset. God, forgive us. We have a tendency to forget, don't we? Maybe you need to look back at your salvation experience and say, remember that time? Or when you were water baptized, you remember? Remember what happened that time? Who the water was cold. Let's just pray. If that's you tonight, I'm going to have the ministry teams come on up and they can help minister. If you've got a prayer request tonight, anything, if you've got something that you need... Um, you need help with tonight. Something you need help with. Let's just ask the Lord to help. Let's just ask the Lord to be with us. And tonight, if it's if it's receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the evidence of sitting, speaking in tongues, if it's the evidence of speaking in tongues, and that's something that you want. Maybe you've never asked the Lord. Maybe you have. Maybe you've done it. Maybe it just hasn't come out real good. I'm just going to invite you just to come on up tonight. We're on God's timetable. We're, 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 not on, we're, not on, we're not on yours. We're just on God's. So if that's you tonight, I'm just going to give you an invitation tonight to be able to come up. And we'll pray for you. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know what? It doesn't have to be in a church aisle. It doesn't have to be in the front of the church. It, it, you, you can, Christ, I'm telling you, when, when you know you've received Jesus Christ, he'll come in, he'll move into your house, he'll take up residence, and things will begin to change in your life. And the Bible says it's by their fruit that you know them. So maybe today, you know, tonight, maybe you need a, just a, a touch from the Lord. Just maybe you need somebody to pray for you and, 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 and agree with you. Maybe you've been in a backslidden state and you just said, you know what, I, God, I just, I just don't feel you. I just don't hear you. I just am concerned about my relationship with you. Maybe that's you tonight. And if you're here tonight and that is you, come on up. Let's get this under the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's get things changed. Let's get things on the right path tonight. So we're just going to ask you tonight. Just, and we're going to minister. We're going to be here to minister. I'll minister as soon as I get through praying. We've got some kids that will come in. They'll even minister. Father, I just pray a blessing right now, God, over each and every person right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to cover every home, every family, Lord God. 
I bind Satan and the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places and render them harmless and ineffective against us, and we loose the Spirit of God. God, we're asking you to loose your angels. Send your angels to minister tonight. I pray for protection and provision tonight. Lord God, and the people here financially that have a need, bring it forth, Lord God. Whatever they put their hands to, let it prosper, Lord God. That's what your word says. Let them put their hands to something. Give them strength. Your word also says whatever we do in word and deed, we do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That when we go to work, we're doing it for you, Lord God. When we go to the the Walmart, we go it for you. We're united, Lord God, or any grocery store, any store in this town, Lord God. When we go to play, recreation, we're doing it with you, Lord God. Let us be a representation of what you want in the earth realm. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your kingdom come to earth. Let it, let it change. Let it be transformed. God, but start by transforming us individually. And Lord, I pray a blessing over the visitors and, Lord, over the children tonight and over the, the parents, Lord God. Give them wisdom and revelation. Lord God, we need, we need, God, we need ideas, witty inventions. God, we're asking you to bring hope where there's hopelessness. Bring strength where there's weakness, Lord God. Bring faith where fear may be operating right now. God, we just ask you to release your spirit to be upon all flesh. Let it just pour it out, Lord God, in these last days. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Let your sons and your daughters prophesy. God, we pray a blessing. I speak a blessing of grace and mercy to be upon your life tonight as you leave this place. And I ask you, God, to seal this word to us. Encourage us to to look at the word, look at your word to see what you say and how you say it, and not just use one scripture, but look at the entire thought of God. Let's take the whole New Testament and look at it. God, we ask you to bless and strengthen and encourage tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, God bless you.